بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره السلام على الحسين وعلى علي بن الحسين وعلى أولاد الحسين وعلى أصحاب الحسين ورحمة الله وبركاته This is the night of Ashura and before anything we offer our condolences to Imam Mahdi Ajalallah Ta'ala Farajahu Sharif for this great musibah, this great suffering and we say to our Imam that we share with you your mourning for Abu Abdullah and the martyrs of Karbala. We said one of the sunan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the believers is that he gives them more guidance, more understanding, a kind of light by which they can make better decisions and also puts in their heart love for himself, for iman, for virtues, for pious life. And because of this we expanded on the concept of love from, of course, this perspective. And tonight I want to finish this discussion about love and I think it's actually a very relevant topic, so I want to study and complete it because if we want to summarize all the merits on the side of Imam Hussein and his companions, in one word we can say they were people who were true lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salam alaikum. So what we want to see tonight are two things. One is how you can understand how much Allah loves you, if at all. So one is whether he loves me or not. Second, how much. Sometimes we are too much proud of ourselves and pleased with ourselves and we suffer ujb that think oh I must be the best servant of Allah at least in this city at least in this part of the world I am the best but this is for people who are very naive a woman is never sure about his or her position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who are actually closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are more concerned about their performance. And 
Therefore, they look for something that gives them some hope, some indication that, yes, you are on the right path. You are getting there. Otherwise, a moment till last moment of a life is always worried and concerned. You know, this uh, beautiful ayah about the angels coming to the believers who are persistent. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Truly those who said our Lord is God and remained persistent. So it's not that one day, one month they are like this. It's not that only in Muharram and Ramadan they are like this. They are always like this. تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ The angels come down to them. This is the importance of these people like night night of god tatanazzalu al-malaikatu war-ruh in the night of god angels and the holy spirit or jibrail according to different interpretations calm down here also tatanazzalu alayhimul malaika the angels come to them and tell them allah takhafu wa la tahzanu don't fear. Don't grieve. Don't be worried about future because fear is for future and grief is for the past. If I feel I have missed lots of opportunities, I am sad. If I am worried about future, I am fearful. So the angels say to these people, don't fear and don't grieve. Basically means don't worry. And receive this Bashara that you will be able to go to heaven, the heaven which you were promised. Okay? What we understand from this? From this we understand at least this is my humble understanding, that first of all, it shows that these people are really worried. Why angels tell them, don't fear and don't grieve? Because they have fear and they are sad. Yeah, they think we have wasted lots of opportunities. They are very sad. And they are worried. Who has guaranteed that my end would be good? So they're worried. They have the fear. But angels tell them, because angels have the ability to understand that these are true mu'minin. They themselves are not sure. So angels tell them, you don't need to worry. But they are worried. So they have the worry, number one. Number two, even after the angels tell them la takhafu wa la tahzanu, they cannot hear what angels say. Yeah, because most of people, even most of mu'mineen, their ears are not open to understand what the angels say. 
So angels are telling them, don't worry. But they don't hear that. Therefore they worry. If I hear an angel telling me, don't worry, then I will not worry. But I don't hear that. Like for example, if people of Barzakh speak to us, Ya Rabbi But do the people know? No. So Ya So if a mu'min who has passed away gives us some message, we don't understand. Therefore, in my understanding, the angels see that they are worried and they tell them not to worry. But still they keep worrying because they cannot hear this. So a moment is always worried. Those who are not worried, they have to worry. <laughs> they have to worry more. One of the ulama was saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he wanted to test angels by Asking them to do sajda for Adam, to prostrate for Adam. And you know, according to Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepared them even before creation of Adam. I am going to create. Even before that, he informed them. Because he didn't want to surprise them. He gave them chance to prepare themselves. Okay? So... One of ulama was saying, I didn't, have not seen myself this hadith, but he's a very learned person, so he must have seen the hadith. He said, angels were aware that someone is going to fail. Someone is going to fail this test. So they were worried. Iblis who was not an angel, but because had worshipped Allah for 6,000 years, he was with the angels. Angel, angel, say, Iblis used to tell to angels, don't worry, I will pray for you, and you will all pass the test. He was so confident, <laughs> that he didn't worry about himself, and he said, with my prayer, you all will pass. Actually, it was him. Who was going to fail? So, those who are very confident about themselves and very pleased with themselves, they have to worry more than anyone else. Those who are very humble and they don't know even they are on the first step of Iman, these may be the people who are at the high levels of Iman. Maybe. Not everyone necessarily again. There's no way to guarantee. Even you cannot say, because I think I am the first step, so I am... <laughs> there is no way to guarantee. You have to always be worried. But there are some bisharat, some signs that can help. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said, من أراد أن يعرف كيف منزلته عند الله. If someone wants to know what position he or she has with Allah subhanahu wa taala, where am I standing? Where is my position? 
فَلْيَعْرِفْ كَيْفَ مَنْزِلَةُ اللَّهِ عِنْدَهُ He or she must see what position Allah has for him or her. How much you love Allah? How much priority Allah has in your life? Is Allah your ultimate end? Is Allah the reason for your life? Then you can be sure that Allah also loves you a lot. You come down, then it means that the love of Allah for you is also down. What does this mean? This means that it's you. It's a very important point. And I don't think with any person in dunya you can have this situation. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you decide how this relation is going to be. Believe this very carefully. You decide. No one can decide. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't decide. Let you decide. No one can come between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can make it easy or difficult. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't interfere. He offers, but He lets you to take charge. If you want to love Him, He loves you definitely. If you do want to be close to him, he would be close to you. No one is like this in dunya. Maybe there is a person that I love a lot. That person even doesn't know. Or even it knows, doesn't bother. There are millions of people that love that person. There is no one in this dunya. Even your parents. Even your children. Your very close friends. That you can decide about your relation Entirely. Relation has two sides at least. And sometimes other people also involved. So you are not totally in charge. But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are in charge. So. If. I have not become a lover of Allah. I cannot complain. To anyone. That Allah didn't let me People didn't let me. You should complain about yourself. Because you have the full control. It's amazing. Although he is the Lord of everyone. He has all the angels, all the messengers, all awliyaullah, all true servants. But for every person, he has undivided attention. And he treats everyone as that person is the only servant that he has. So you decide and then you will find that he is also for you. So look at the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is important for you. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُنزِلُ الْعَبْدِ مِثْلَ مَا يُنزِلُ الْعَبْدِ Allah مِنْ نَفْسِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put you in a manzil, in a station, in a situation, in a rank that you put him. 
So you have full control. In this issue, you are in charge. Ibn al-Jahm asked Imam Raza alayhi salam, Ju'iltu fidak ashtahi an a'lama kayfa ana indak. May I be your ransom? I want to know what's my position. Imam said, Unzur kayfa ana indaka. Look, how is my position? What position you give me? If you love me, I love you. Of course, this is the minimum. They always love us more than... But the minimum is what you love them. I'm sure it's always many times more. But at least, if you love them, you can be sure that they love you. At least equal or proportionate. Amirul Mu'minin alayhi salam took this into also a very important practical aspect. Because maybe someone says, okay, I am not even sure about how much I love Allah, how much Allah is important for me. Amirul Mu'minin said, Man arada minkum. أَنْ يَعْلَمَ كَيْفَ مَنْزِلَتُهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Whoever among you wants to know what position Allah has for him or her, فَلْيَنْظُرْ كَيْفَ مَنْزِلَتُ اللَّهِ مِنْهُ عِنْدَ الظُّنُوبِ You must see what position Allah has for you. When is the time of Sinning. Na'uzu billah, there is a situation that you might sin. If Allah is important for you, you would not sin. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at least is as important as that idol was important for Zulaikha. Zulaikha was not able to commit sin before the eyes of that idol. So if we really love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should not be able to commit sin. You know, even people who are not very important for us, you go to the street, there are people that maybe they are not very special. You respect them, but it's not that your life depends on them. But still in front of them, you don't do something bad. Yeah? A dignified person, a noble person, even in front of people that don't know him, doesn't do something bad. Yeah? But, if it is in front of people that know you, you are very careful. More careful. And if it is in front of someone that you love, not only knows you, you love. You become extra cautious. This person knows me and I love him. It's very important what he or she thinks about me. So I never you know, do something wrong. Even I don't do anything that may make him or her think that I did something wrong. I am very careful not to be misunderstood. <laughs> yeah? 
So how is it possible that a lover of Allah in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commits a sin? It's impossible. He knows you and his opinion is very important for you if you really love him. So how can you displease him? In the end of Munajat Sha'baniya, we have this important point. There are many important points, but for our discussion. Ilahi al haqni benur izzik al abhaj fa'akuna laka arifa wa'an sawaka munharifa wa minka khaifan muraqiba. Oh Allah, let me join the light of your dignity, which is the most exciting light. Abhaj. Bahja means joy and happiness and excitement. So the greatest light in giving us joy is the light of Izza of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So if we join that light, if we can get access to that light, then we become Arif. It's impossible that you have access to that light, you remain a person who doesn't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intimately. And you would be then deviating yourself from anything else. You would not be going towards anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to be a person who has the fear of losing you. And therefore he has muraqabah. Yeah? You never want to disappoint someone that you love. This is the situation of mu'mineen. So Amirul Mu'mineen says, فَلْيَنْظُرْ كَيْفَ مَنْزِلَةُ اللَّهِ مِنْهُ عِنْدَ الظُّنُوبِ this will be then his situation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if something that might be tempting, if something that might give you some pleasure or some, I don't know, money, some, I don't know, benefit, but it involves haram, if you are able to close your eyes to that and say, no, haram is haram, I don't even think about it, then you must be hopeful that Allah loves you a lot. Because you have given priority to Him. So definitely, He would also give priority to you. He would love you. Okay, this is about the sign of love. If Allah loves you, this is one of the signs. But the next thing I want to discuss tonight is what happens to a person that Allah loves. In addition to what we have said so far, we have a set of hadith, a collection of hadith, that explains what happens to a person that Allah loves. So you can use this also as signs. And also you can prepare yourself.
if you are a lover of Allah, these things are expected to happen. Amir al-Mu'minin alayhi salam said, إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا If Allah loves a servant, أَلْهَمَّهُ حُسْنَ الْعِبَادَةِ One of the things that happens is that Allah inspires that person to have beautiful worship. Ibadah not only becomes easy for you, becomes enjoyable. You know, to be easy is something, to be enjoyable is more. Because certain things are easy for us, like our habits. You know, when you have a habit of doing something, it becomes easy. But you don't enjoy. Ibadah should be easy and enjoyable. If Allah loves us. So if I don't enjoy my salat, if I don't enjoy dua, then I have to be warned. In another hadith, Amir al-Mu'mini said, إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا حَبَّبَ إِلَيْهِ الْأَمَانَةِ This is what I've been telling you. That Allah would make virtues lovable to you. Iman, I told you, Iman is also a matter of virtues. So you would love trustworthiness. A person who is loved by Allah is Amin. People can trust him. It's not that he would betray. One of the greatest, greatest sins is to betray. If someone gives you amana, you have to give back. Even if Yazid gives you something as amana, you have to give back. Imam Zainullah Salam he said that he is quoted as saying that if my uh, father's killer give me the sword by which he killed my father as amana, I give him back. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was migrating from Mecca to Medina still he had amanat trust of people of Mecca. This is very important. It shows that they may not have believed in him, but they didn't question his trustworthiness. So basically they contradict themselves. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> How can you trust a person with your valuables, but you don't trust his word? And it's a person that even before he became a prophet, you all called him as sadiqul amin How can, you know, then you doubt his call, his mission. But in any case, what is amazing, they didn't believe in him. Some of them were involved in torturing Muslims, killing Muslims, sending them to exile, but they didn't doubt trustworthiness of the Prophet. This is what we have to achieve. A Muslim, a believer in God, a follower of Ahlul Bayt, all these categories. Even a true human being cannot betray trust which has been given to him or her. And even your enemies should 
acknowledge that. If your friends say he's Amin, it's not enough. Strangers and enemies also should say he's Amin. This is the standard that Rasulullah has set up for us. Not just, you know, you give amanat of your friends back, but people who are strangers or people who have no power or enemies, you say, no, it's okay. No. إِذَا حَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا حَبَّبَ إِلَيْهِ Another hadith. إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا Again from Amir al-Mu'mineen. زَيَّنَهُ بِالسَّكِينَةِ وَالْحِلْمِ Allah would beautifies him or her with as-sakina, tranquility, وَالْحِلْم, forbearance. Helm and sabr are very close to each other. But in Arabic, helm is normally used for being patient with wrongdoing of people against you. Normally, halim is the one that if someone wrongs him, he doesn't you know, overreact. Either forgives or if there is a need for justice, just according to the fair requirements. Halim is not the one that gets, you know, upset and then loses his control over his words and actions. Halim either forgives or if it's needed, has very measured response. So if Allah loves someone, then that person receives some tranquility. Of course, sometimes I have to say also this because there can be sometimes uh, people who are really movement but they are always stressful. Sometimes it's a matter of also your bodily situation. Sometimes it's a matter of diet. Sometimes it's a matter of situations and cycles that you go through. There are different conditions. So it's not that uh, necessarily a person who is good mu'min would have no stress. But it is expected if other things are all right, a true mu'min should be calm and feel peaceful. Because you are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, imagine... If I go to a town and I'm a stranger, but I am escorted by, you know, police and I have my security, you know, uh, people and my bodyguards, I don't worry. But if I don't have anyone to support me, I worry. A moment in this dunya is under care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, therefore feels tranquil. إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا أَلْهَمَهُ الصِّدْقِ Another thing that happens to a person who is loved by Allah is that Allah inspires him to be truthful. We talked about this before. Truthfulness also is very important. It's impossible someone is a liar and Allah loves him. Allah doesn't love liars. إِذَا حَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا Another thing. All of them from Amirul Muni. 
va'adahu bil'ibar this is also very important Allah would give you a necessary advice through the lessons that you can take from history from your life and life of other people because you need to be educated you need to receive instructions guidance a mu'min who is loved by Allah is the one who doesn't need to learn by making mistakes a mu'min learns by looking at ibar looking at the lessons which are there in history in life of other people in your past in similar conditions at most you can make one mistake لا يلدغ المؤمن من جحر واحد مرتين a woman would not be uh, bitten from the same hole twice it means that if something is really new and you have no experience no one around you had this situation okay once you can make mistake but then you have to take lesson from this so either this is something that has precedence and you should not make mistake or if it has no precedence and there was no way to avoid okay once you are okay but you cannot repeat mistakes unfortunately there are mistakes that we keep repeating as individuals and as community we should not make these mistakes in the first place and even if there was no precedence okay once you are forgiven the second time you have to be careful so a lover uh, uh, sorry a person who is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah helps him to get these lessons and to be always alert yeah someone who is loved by Allah is alert اذا احب الله عبدا رزقه قلبا سليما وخلقا قويما another thing is that allah would give a pure and sound heart and good traits of character allah makes you for himself if allah loves you means he has chosen you then he builds you in the way that he loves like allah said to musa astana'tuka lanafsi i built you for myself allah will build people that he loves actually he is happy to build everyone but we don't let him allah huwa liyul ladina amanu why because other people don't want to have wilaya of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like people who say we don't need a teacher we don't need a guide allah doesn't impose himself but if you love him and then he knows that he you love him he loves you and the sign of love is he does these things with you to grow you to make you as you are supposed to be okay so alhamdulillah we finished this discussion about love i want to mention quickly the third sunnah because we have lots of more discussions to come 
The third sunnah for the believers is that Allah even in dunya gives them his blessings and prosperity. But there is a very subtle point here. And I want your attention to be here. First, let me read for you some verses of the Quran. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Walau anna ahla al-qura amanu wa attaqaw lafatahna alayhim barakatan min as-samai wal-ard. Surat A'raf, verse 96. If the people of towns had faith and piety, we would have opened up to them our blessings from earth and sky. Means from every direction we would pour on them our blessings. لو أن أهل القرى آمنوا so it's not Allah only gives you hikmah, gives you hadaya, gives you light, gives you love. He would also give you what you need and more than that, in, he gives you in abundance in dunya. But there is a subtle point I will explain later. In Surah Ma'ida verse 66. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ أَقَامُوا التَّوْرَاةَ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ لَأَكَلُوا مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ وَمِنْ تَحْتَ أَرْجُلِهِمْ Had they established Torah and Injil and whatever has been revealed to them. About a year ago, I explained this concept uh, in the meeting of ulama that we had. That in addition to Iqamatul Salat, in the Quran we have the concept of Iqamatul Kitab. We have to establish the book of Allah. Law annahum aqamut tawrata wal injila wa ma unzila ilayhim in rabbim. If they had established the book. And then I explained, what does it mean to establish the book? It doesn't mean that few individuals only acting upon the book. It means if we as a community act upon the book. Law anna ahla al-Quran as a whole had faith and piety. Few individuals, it's not enough. If we human beings as a society or at least as a community we implement the Torah or the Injil or Quran throughout the history. This is general sunnah of Allah. If any community had acted upon their book in their social and personal life, Allah would have given them abundant good even in dunya. Even if there are few people who disobey is not important. What is important? is that there is enough number of people in the society that make sure that socio-political relations, economical relations, are according to the book. Few exceptions is not a problem. But if exceptions are from the other side, few people observe it, 
This doesn't help in having socio-political, economical relations according to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a very important point. So don't tell me why there are mu'mineen who are poor, why we have so many poor people. The problem is we have not implemented the book in its entirety. We have only acted upon a small part of the book. Only some personal issues, even personal issues, just some legal issues mostly. Unfortunately, the Quran is very uh, much, you know, mahjur, is abundant for the most part. If you take aside printing Quran, kissing Quran, reciting Quran, memorizing Quran, and just focus on how much we act upon the Quran, Quran is mahjur. Prophet Nuh ala nabiyyina wa ali wa alihi salam also said, Istaghfiru rabbakum innahu kana ghaffara yursil as-samaa alaykum midrara wa yumdidkum ba'amwalin wa baneen wa yaj'al lakum jannatin wa yaj'al lakum anhara. He said to his people that if you, as a ummah, as a nation, if you believe, if you ask forgiveness from God, God would send from sky lots of rain for you, would give you money, children, gardens, rivers, all in dunya. Before akhirah. So this is a sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I wish at least people try it. I wish there is a society, there is a community, a city, somewhere in the world. They say, okay, we want to try this. Try this for one year and see if the blessings would not come. One of the easiest blessings that would come to them is that people would stand in queue to go and visit them. <laughs> if there is a city in the world that everything is done according to akhlaq, Everyone is kind, everyone is respectful, everything is organized, punctual, people are happy to help each other. I think all people of the world just stand in queue to go a few days, you know, there, you know. So at least through tourism, they get unlimited resources. This is the minimum. So, this is a sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he would even in dunya would bless the people who are mu'min with everything they need and more. But for this one, the condition is that it should not be just for you persons. It should be a social, a collective practice. Because as I said, there are many, many things that you cannot implement if you are just individuals. If our banking system, if our, I don't know, uh, economical system, our education, if it's, they are not good, then how can we expect we receive so many blessings? Inshallah, we continue this discussion with a fourth sunnah of Allah, which is very important, and actually tomorrow is very right time for discussing this, and that is about the way Allah supports truth over falsehood. This is very important discussion. Inshallah, we will talk about it tomorrow.
Tonight is the night of Ashura, as we said, and we want to do a special, inshallah, tawassul to Abu Abdullah, alayhi salam. We don't know how many more opportunities to have for Ashura. Maybe many people in the world, this will be the last Ashura. Maybe I am one of them. Who knows? So, we have to be thankful that Allah has given us this blessing and appreciate it. The night of Ashura was very, very difficult night. Maybe in some aspects it was more difficult than tomorrow night. Because it's the night of lots of uncertainties, lots of worries, lots of questions. And also the night that Abu Abdullah salam and his companions were very concerned about the families. At least tomorrow they are in heaven. But tonight it's a very difficult time for Abu Abdullah salam and all the men who were there because they know that this is the last night that family are able to have security and respect. So it's a very, very difficult night. Shaykh al-Mufid, rahmatullah, in al-Irshad, I narrate some of the things tonight from al-Irshad and some of it from another book. This is from Irshad. Says that after Asr, after Salatul Asr, Umar Sa'd wanted to start the fight. He said, Ya khaylallah irkabi wa abshari, o bil jannata abshari, according to some verse. He addressed his soldiers as khaylallah, the army of God. Be ready to go and fight and have the Bashar of heaven. Neither he believed in this, nor those people, I think, believed in this. But this is the way they wanted to deceive. So, Imam Hussein alayhi salam, Jalisun amama baytahi muhtabin bisayfi. Imam was sitting in front of his tenant and was uh, holding his sword. إِذْ خَفَقَ بِرَأْسِهِ عَلَىٰ And while his head was on his knees, he had a quick nap. Uh, when we read the story of Karbala, we realize that Imam Hussein had many short naps. Either because he was not sleeping enough, or in my understanding... These naps were not really like naps. I think this was like visions that Imam had of Qayb. You know, he was between dunya and akhirah all the time in these days. So, as soon as he was closing his eyes, he was seeing something. So, he was putting his head on his knees and sama'at Lady Zainab, the sister of Imam Hussein, heard 
cry. Faddanat min akhiha. She went closer to Imam Hussein alayhi salam. Faqalat, ya akhi. Ama tasma'ul aswat qad iqtarabat. Don't you hear these voices and sounds? They are very coming very near. فَرَفَعَ الْحُسَيْنُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ رَأَسَهُ Then Imam raised his head and said, إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلِي وَسَلَّمُ أَسَّعَةَ فِي الْمَنَامِ I just saw Rasulullah in my dream and he told me, إِنَّكَ تَرُوحُ إِلَيْنَا You are coming to us. As soon as Lady Zainab heard this, فَلَّطَمَتْ أُخْتُهُ وَجْهَهَا وَنَادَتْ بِالْوَيْلِ She started lamenting. فَقَالَ لَهَا لَيْسَ لَكِ الْوَيْلِ يَا أُخَيَّ My dear sister, please don't lament. أُسْكُتِ رَحِمَكَ اللَّهِ Please be silent. Then Abbas ibn Ali said, يَا أَخِي أَتَاكَ الْقَوْمِ my brother, these people have come. Fannahada, then Imam stood. Then he said, Ya Abbas, Irkab binafsi ant. It's very important. Oh Abbas, please ride, go towards them. May I be your ransom? The amount of respect. More than love, it was a special respect that Abu Abdullah has for him. And I was reflecting on this a uh, few days ago that when Imam says binafsi ant, maybe it implies that Imam was uh, trying to say it doesn't make difference whether I am here or you are here. He has so much trust in Abbas that he is happy not to be there and Abbas be there. Otherwise, he shouldn't say. As an imam that may I be your ransom. So it means that he had so much trust in Abbas that was sure that Abbas can take care of everything as he wants. So he said, go to them and see what they want. Ma lakum wa ma bada lakum. Ask them, what has happened to you? What decision you have made? فَأَتَاهُمُ الْعَبَّاسِ فِي نَحْوًا مِنْ عَشْرِينَ فَارَسًا Then Hazrat Abbas with 20 people, they went towards them. And one of them was Zuhair ibn al-Qayn, another was Habib ibn Madahir, and 18 other people. فَقَالَ لَهُمُ الْعَبَّاسِ مَا بَدَى لَكُمْ وَمَا تُرِيدُونَ What happened? What do you want? They said, جَاءَ أَمْرُ الْأَمِيرُ the decision from Ibn Ziyad has come and we have to force you to surrender. So, Hazrat Abbas said, La ta'jalu hatta arji' ila Abi Abdullah. Don't rush, wait till I go to Abu Abdullah. And he alone went, the other 20 remained. And they started talking to the people so that maybe they can, you know, give them some mu'izza. Maybe they can, you know, change them. So they didn't lose any opportunity to help those people come to their understanding and sense.
So Hazrat Abbas quickly went to Imam Hussein alayhi salam and here it says Yarkazo illal Hussein. He was running, going towards Imam Hussein alayhi salam. And when he reached Imam Hussein alayhi salam, Imam Hussein, as you know, told him, Erjir ilayhim. فَإِنْ اسْتَطَعْتَ أَنْ تُؤَخِّرَهُمْ إِلَى الْغَدَاتِ وَتَدْفَعَهُمْ أَنَّ الْعَشِيَّةِ Tell them, if possible, to wait till tomorrow. Try to change their opinion so that tonight we don't fight. Why? Why Imam Hussein doesn't want to start the fight Tasua afternoon. Although for him it's difficult to ask them, you know, say something you know, as a request. Yeah, he shouldn't ask for a request unless something is very, very important for Imam Hussein. What is that which is very, very important? So that maybe tonight. We can pray, we can say salat, we can ask forgiveness. So it's the main concern of Hussein that he wants to have one more night in dunya to spend on praying. He himself knows. salat. وَتِلَاوَةَ كِتَابِهِ وَالدُّعَاءَ وَالْإِسْتِقْفَارِ Allah knows that I love reading Quran. I love istighfar. I love prayer. I love supplicating. فَمَذَا الْعَبَّاسِ إِلَى الْقَوْمِ He went to the people and explained to them and they accepted. So now they have only one night. And many, many things have happened in this night. Even today, I was searching and I found even someone has written a book only on night of Ashura. There are so many reports and uh, narrations about this. One of the things that happened in this night was that Abu Abdullah was in addition to prayer and recitation of the Quran, also was trying to give comfort to the family by visiting them, talking to them. Also, he wanted to do his last preparation for his companions so that if there is anyone who is there without knowing he should leave. Someone said something very beautiful. Imam Hussain was doing two things in these days. One was to encourage people in the opposite army to join him. The other thing he was encouraging people in his own camp to leave. What was the reason he didn't want any Husseini person to remain in that camp? But he didn't want also any person who is not Husseini to be in his camp. 
So he was telling them, you can go. Or for example, he said, whoever is in debt should not remain here. Whoever has Dain should not remain here. So even being martyred along with Imam Hussein is not compensating for debt. So, Sheikh Mufid says that Imam Hussein a.s. in the Qurb al-Masa, in the evening, I don't know exactly what time, but it must be near Maghreb, after Maghreb. Jama'a al-Husayn alayhi salam ashabahu in the Qurb al-Masa. So in the night of Ashura, he asked his companions to come. Imam Sajjad alayhi salam also says, فَدَّنَوْتُ مِنْهُ الْأَسْمَعَ مَا يَقُولُ لَهُمْ I try to be close to see what he is telling them. وَأَنَا إِذَّالِكَ مَرِيضُونَ I was ill, so I wanted to see what he says to them. Then he says, I heard my father telling his companions after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma inni ahmaduka ala an akramtana bin nabuwa. Wa allamtana al-Quran wa faqahtana fiddin. Oh Allah, I praise you that you honored us with prophethood. You taught us Quran. You gave us deep understanding of faith. You gave us eyes and ears and heart to understand. It's very important. If you don't use them, you don't understand. Please make us grateful. This was a high recognition that Imam gave to them. I don't know any companions more loyal and better than my companions. And I don't know any family who are more kind and observe Salih Rahim more than my family. فَجَزَاكُمُ اللَّهُ عَنِّي خَيْرًا After saying you are loyal, so it, it means that he said, okay, I am happy with you, I am pleased with you. After that, then he said, أَلَا وَإِنِّي لَأَظُنُّ أَنَّهُ آخِرُ يَوْمٍ لَنَا مِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ I believe this is our last day with these people. These people are not going to give us any more day. وَإِنِّي قَدْ آذَنْتُ لَكُمْ أُرْ أَذَنْتُ لَكُمْ Now I give you permission. So he accepted them. And after that said, now I give you permission. Maybe if they had gone, even they had no problem. Because Imam is giving them permission. فَانْتَلِقُوا جَمِيعًا فِي حِلٍ لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنِّي زَمَامٍ You are all free to go. هَذَا اللَّيْلِ قَدْ غَشِيَكُمْ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ جَمَلًا Everywhere is dark, use this darkness and go. 
Let us imagine ourselves in that meeting. وَبَنُوا أَخِيهِ وَإِبْنَا أَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنِ His brothers, his nephews, the sons of Lady Zainab and Abdullah ibn Ja'far, they started talking to Imam Hussain. لَمَنَ فَعْلُ why we should do that? Shall we do that so that we remain after you? May Allah never show us a day that we are there and you are not there. How can we survive without you? بَدَاهُمْ بِهَذَا الْقَوْلِ الْعَبَّاسُ بْنُ عَلِيهِ The very first person who started talking like this was Hazrat Abbas. And after him other people said similar things in different ways. Then Imam Hussain looked at the children of Aqil. And said, Hashbukum min al qatl be Muslim. At least you can go. It's enough that your brother and your father, Muslim, has been killed. Fazhabu antum. You can go. Fakad adintulakum. Qalu subhanallah. Fama yakulunnas. What are people going to think about us? يَقُولُونَ إِنَّا تَرَكْنَا شَيْخَنَا وَسَيِّدَنَا وَبَنِي أُمُومَتَنَا خَيْرَ الْأَعْمَانِ People would say we have left our best uncles, best nephews and cousins. So they said we are not going to leave you. We are going to fight and be killed in front of you. Then reached the position to the companions. Muslim ibn He said, Shall we leave you? Then what excuse we have to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Wallema na'ziru ilallah subhanahu fi as long as I can carry my sword, my spear, I am going to fight them. And if I don't have any sword and weapon, I am going to throw stones at them to defend you. Wallah, la nukhalik hatta ya'lam Allah an qad hafizna ghaybata Rasulullah fiq. We will not leave you till Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that we have showed respect to the Prophet by protecting his grandson.
والله لو علمت أني أقتل ثم أحيا ثم أحرق ثم أحيا By Allah, if I know I am going to be killed and then revived and be burnt and be revived 70 times, I am not going to leave you, Hussain. Then Zuhair ibn al-Qayn started talking. He said, if I am killed 1,000 times, I am not going to leave you, Hussain. <laughs> This discussion finished and everyone showed their maximum love and support and loyalty to Abu Abdullah <laughs> Then it is said that Imam Hussain was going outside to check everything. <laughs> he was going to see where enemies might attack. He was removing thorns that might go to the feet of the children tomorrow. He was making sure everything is in the way that reduces the pain and injury of the captives. Then one of the companions said, Nafi ibn Hilal, he says, I saw Imam Hussein went to the tent of Lady Zainab. And then I heard Lady Zainab is talking to Hussein. Oh Hussein, have you managed to make sure that these people are not going to leave you alone? Either she had not heard their conversation earlier, or she as a sister is still worried. I am worried that tomorrow when attacks start, they would leave you alone. Imam Hussein said, Yes, by Allah I have examined them. I have found them very strong believers, very loyal people. They prefer to be with me and die to anything else. Then Nafi' says, when I heard this from Lady Zainab, I started crying. I went to Habib, I said, you are our Sheikh. Zainab is worried, we must do something. Habib ibn Madhair called all the companions of Imam Hussein. And they went towards the tent of Zainab. And as the lady to come for a few minutes outside, then she, then he started talking to Lady Zainab and other women who were also there. He said that we are here to support you. We are here to die in front of Abu Abdullah and all the companions from Bani Hashim. The ladies were praying for them, were showing appreciation to their loyalty. 
امشب شهادت نامه اشاق امضا می شود فرداز خون عاشقان این دشت دریا می شود There is a comparison between tonight and tomorrow There's a big difference Tonight the letters of martyrdom will be signed for the martyrs Tomorrow this plain of Karbala will be covered by their blood امشب کنار یک دگر بنشست آل مصطفی Tonight the family of the Prophet are sitting with each other, talking, looking at each other. Farda parishan jameshan chun qalb zahra But tomorrow they will be scattered like the heart of Lady Zahra which will be made into pieces. امشب بود برپا اگر این خیمه خون خدا Tonight everyone feels safe because the tent of Abba Abdullah is standing فردا به دست دشمنان برکنده از جا می شود But tomorrow the enemies will attack and destroy the tent of Abba Abdullah. Amshab sadaay khandan Quran begush ayat wali. Tonight when you go everywhere, you hear that they are reciting Quran. فردا صدای الامان زندهش برپا می شود But if you tomorrow afternoon and evening come You would see the children and women saying الامان الامان امشب کنار مادرش لبتشنه از غرقب دست This is the last night Ali Asghar is in the arms of her mother sleeping. Farda Khudaya Bastaraj Agush Sahramijava. But tomorrow a time comes that Ali Asghar will be put on the soil of Karbala. امشب که جمع کودکان در خواب ناز آسودند فردا به زیر خارها گمگشته پیدا می شود Today tonight children are sleeping But tomorrow Zainab has to go and find some of these children who are lost امشب رقیه حلقه زرین اگر دارد بگوش فردا دریغ این گوشوار از گوش او وامی شود Tonight lady رقیه has her earring in her ears But tomorrow that enemy of God would come and forcefully remove the earring of Rukhaya. 
امشب به خیل تشنگان عباس باشد پاسبان فردا کنار الغمه بی دست سقا می شود Tonight, Azad Abbas is the guard. Everyone is feeling safe. Enemies are full of fear because Abbas is there. But tomorrow near Al-Ghama, both ends of Abbas will be cut off. The poet goes on beautifully, but our time is over, so I just go towards the end. امشب به دست شاهدین باشد سلیمانی نگین Tonight Abba Abdullah has his ring in his finger فردا به دست ساروان این حلق یغما می شود But tomorrow that enemy would rub this ring with the finger امشب سر سر خدا بر دامن زینب بود تونایت ابا عبدالله پوتیزد اندلاب و فردا انیس خولی و دیر نصارا می شود But tomorrow the head of Hussein will be taken by Khuli and would be taken to that monk. Tarzam zamino asman zero zebar gardad hasan. Farda isarat namiye zainab jo ijrami jawad. I am worried that tomorrow the whole world would collapse because tomorrow they are going to take Zainab as a captive. Allah la'anatullah ala al-qawm al-zalameen wa sayalamu al-lazeen zalamu ayyamun ghalabin yangalabun. Oh Allah, this is the night of Ashura. We don't know what to bring to you. We just tried our best. Please accept our little aza for Abu Abdullah. Ya man yaqbalu al-yasir wa ya'fu an al-kathir. Oh, the one who accepts little offers of his servants and forgives his their abundant sins. اقبل من اليسير وعفو عنا الكثير Please accept our little عمال and forgive our plenty of sins Oh Allah, many people have requested for dua Many people have ill people Please because of Abu Abdullah and the martyrs of Karbala and the captives of Karbala give your shifa to all ill people. Please give shifa to the ill people that we have in mind. Please send your Rahman Maghfira to all people who have rights upon us. Please bless our parents with healthy and dignified life. 
And if they have passed away, please bless them with nearness to Muhammad and all Muhammad. O oh Allah, please protect our families and communities. Please bless our ulama and maraj. Please unite our community all over the world. Please grant hajat of mu'mineen and mu'minat who are here and who are listening and watching and everyone who is mourning for Abba Abdullah. O oh Allah, Please make the last moment of our life the best moment of our life. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.